and welcome to another Only Scott. No, yeah, it's just one Scott again. Um, but this time we're going to continue our theme, actually, from last week on the Only Scott ni- uh, 19, 19th episode. We almost cracked 20 episodes. Wow. Um, is it that impressive? <laughs> Probably not. Um, anyway, let's just crack into it. Stop fucking around. So, last week we looked into BlackRock. We looked into the BlackRock asset company that is incredibly scary, pretty much owns everything that you love and everything you know of, all the brands. It is pretty much the big daddy to so many other brands. And today, I am wanting to bring up another massive investment company, except this one is a little different, but I briefly touched on them in the last podcast, which is the Vanguard Group. Um, I have had some help today from old Chat GBT, um, which is probably owned by Vanguard as well, all BlackRock, so the information I probably get is incredibly biased. <laughs> but I couldn't find AI systems in their investments, but I wouldn't be bloody surprised. Anyway, kind of what I wanted to do today, similar to BlackRock, and do like, let's say a medium dive. I've kind of thought about what I'd call this series in my head if I have to do, you know, if I'm doing kind of more of these on my own. I'm going to call it the Curious Idiot series because I'm curious and I'm not very smart. So combine those together, you get a Curious Idiot. So that's kind of what we're going to call this series. So don't expect anything absolutely groundbreaking, but just expect some surface level, maybe a little bit deeper, you know, a couple of Google searches and a little bit of research on some into different articles and different factions to find some information. So, without further ado, let's get into Vanguard. Okay, so the Vanguard Group is one of the most, is one of the largest and most well-known investment management companies in the world. It was founded by John C. Bogle in 1975 and is headquartered in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania in the States. Vanguard is known for its low-cost index mutual funds and exchange-traded funds, ETFs. It pioneered the concept of passive investing, which involves tracking a market index, like the S&P 500, rather than trying to beat the market through active stock pricing. Vanguard is widely regarded for its um, commitment to low fees and cost-efficient investing, which has made it a popular choice for long-term investors, particularly those focused on retirement planning and wealth accumulation. Vanguard offers a wide range of investment products, including equity funds, excuse me, fixed income funds, international funds, and target date retirement funds. It emphasizes on low expenses, I'm sorry, its emphasis on low expenses has had a significant impact on the investment industry as a whole, leading to increased competition and a greater focus on cost-effective investing for individual and institutional investors alike. Well, there you go. What a load of shit. <laughs> nah, it's, um, as you can tell, they've got their fingers in many pies, man, like BlackRock. But they had, uh, they look at it they're more from an ETF, so the exchange-traded funds perspective, rather than kind of just like asset management. But they also do a lot of that as well. So as I was going through ChatGPT, um... Kind of the scope of what they of like their investors include like a lot of individuals, which I believe, like they said, is more a lot of people invest in them for retirement. Um, they have a lot of retirement plan sponsors, like four hundred one k plans, um, 
where I am in New Zealand, we don't have 401k. We have things like KiwiSaver. But 401k is kind of like, from what I understand, the equivalent, you invest a certain amount of amount of you invest a certain percentage of your income goes into the 401k you know you then put it towards your retirement plan essentially similar to the i don't know why to explain that it's very fucking basic <laughs> but um yeah so that, that that's a big that's a big part of what they do but they also have institutional investors they do financial advising high net and they also have a lot of high net worth individuals apparently who have a lot of investments within vanguard um yeah, they're kind of invested across the whole <laughs> scope of industries that exist. Technology, financial services, healthcare, um, consumer goods, energy. We'll get into that. I've got some juicy stuff about their energy, about sort of their controversial um, energy stance. It's quite interesting. Um, utilities. So they also own, they have a lot of shares and investments in electricity, water and gas companies. And they offer funds in this sector. Isn't that interesting? Industrial projects, material production, real estate, telecommunications, transportation, precious metals, and they obviously they invest a lot into international markets. Um, these guys are, again, across a lot. Um, and kind of what I wanted to get into is a bit more about the background of the companies. I'm going to give you like an overview. I kind of wanted to talk about, you know, how they formed, where where they've come from and all that. So, the formation of the Vanguard Group was founded by John C. Bogle in 1951. While at Princeton University, Bogle's research showed that most mutual funds didn't outperform broad stock market indexes due to management fees. After a career at Wellington Management Company, he was fired in 1974, but used this as an opportunity to create Vanguard. The name Vanguard was inspired by um, Horatio Nelson's flagship, HMS Vanguard. Huh, fun. Growth of the company. So how did this <laughs> just kind of index fund uh, uh, firm become one of the most powerful, richest, and uh, I guess you could say global companies? Um, like like we said before, they have very low cost entry investments. So kind of anybody can join up and it's quite easy, which is kind of what I feel like they've tried to stick to. Um, so according to old chat GPT, um, in 1976, despite initial challenges raising funds, it grew slowly until the bull market in 1982, leading to increased popularity of index investing. What is the bull market? Um, should we actually find out what that is? Let me have a little Google the bull market. So for idiots like me who don't know what it is, a bull market is the condition of a financial market in which prices are rising or expected to rise. The term bull market is most... Uh, let's have a look. Good old Investopedia, first thing that comes up on Google. So the term bull market is most often used to refer to the stock market. It can be applied to anything that is traded, such as bonds, real estate, currencies, and commodities. See, guys, I'm doing a whole thing about an investment slash ETFs, and I know fuck all really about it. So, um, like I said, curious idiot. It's in the title. Um, as we move on, and we have learned a little bit more about the growth of the company, um, one thing that comes up a lot with these guys is their kind of hypocrisy, especially with their energy investments and their stance on green energy. Um, 
That's quite a big thing that I've I've come across on multiple sources. But um, one thing I found really interesting was that they have been accused of greenwashing, which is a concept I haven't heard, but I really like it. So greenwashing, this is, um, I'll put up all these links as well, but this is from the Financial um, Review. Um, they say greenwashing is not limited to environmental claims, but extends to misleading ethical propositions. Entities which seek to promote ethical investing must ensure their statements are accurate and, and, and able to be sustained. This is said by the ASIC Deputy Chairwoman, Sarah Court. Um, investors can feel strongly about not investing in tobacco production, manufacturing, and sales. And where tobacco exclusion, tobacco exclusion investments are promoted, the, ent- the entity making those claims must be able to um, sub. Jeez, oh, I can't say that word. <laughs> um, sub. Oh man, the m- must be able to um, was it, substantiate. Oh wow, big word. Substantiate the full exclusion of those investments. Oh man, I feel so dumb. Um, but kind of as we go through this uh, source, it becomes kind of evident that like these that the company Vanguard is kind of a bit seedy. What a surprise! But kind of in the beginning, this starts the article. Vanguard. So my point is about the environmental um, sort of subject matter is that these guys. To start off with, they're worth $8.1 trillion of the, uh, in USD at the end of 2022. And why I say it's very interesting about the whole greenwashing subject slash, you know, the um, kind of investments that they say they're putting into, so say, sustainable energy, which I, I imagine they are. Um, but what's ironic is Vanguard holds the most amount of money in coal. They have $86 billion in coal, making them the world's number one investor in the industry. Well, hot damn. So that's quite ironic considering they're, you know, all about being green, man. Um, Kind of what's ironic about that, though, is I suppose compared to BlackRock, BlackRock, as far as we can tell, aren't, invest, aren't invested as heavily, but they are invested in, in extra mobile. Um, and probably Shell. I don't know if I saw Shell, but they do a lot of oil and petrol. He's kind of always funny, eh? It's just like, whatever becomes popular or becomes, I don't know. You got to move along with the market, right? People have known for a long time the oil industry is very evil. So you got to try and push another initiative. Now, on this podcast, I've talked to Scotty, we've talked about green energy and electric cars and kind of all that. And, you know, there's different sort of, um, how would you say, applications of where it's appropriate to be very sustainable and it's appropriate to be, you know, invest in these green energies or these sustainable initiatives. But the other thing is like the demand for power and the demand for, let's say, I'm just trying to like put this in terms of like in a community. No, that's not what I was looking for. What I'm trying to say is like, let's say a whole country, right? And even like in New Zealand, we got rid of our coal and we started buying it back from overseas, which was ridiculous. Um, 
and to try and put in these sustainable green energies. I think sustainable energies like especially solar power can be very good. Hydropower is amazing. Hydropower is amazing. And of course, there's the talk of wind energy. Now, all of these can work quite well, but I don't think they're strong enough or there yet to be incredibly effective in terms of like sustaining a city of like a million people. I just don't think they're there yet. But in New Zealand, we are doing all right, but I don't think we're there yet. Um, so kind of getting rid of fossil fuels, which is interesting because I used to have the complete opposite view, but kind of like that whole subject they were talking about of greenwashing, it's, um, it's a bit weird. Like I never thought sustainable energies and environmental sort of incentives could be so dirty, but they have kind of become really dirty, which is weird. It's become like a subject of the left, which is bizarre. You know, it's like, (laughs) there shouldn't be... I mean, it's it's political, but it should be just like, you know, don't be a dick and just, can we just, can the oil industry stop getting away with shit? <laughs> and also, like, in having initiatives as well of why it's a good idea to do these sustainable energies. But it all comes down to money, man. Anyway, back to Vanguard. I got sidetracked. Um, what are the holdings of Vanguard? Well, as you can imagine, they have a lot of investments in some of the largest corporations in the world so the number one they have so this is from um this is from vanguard's website so um number one is at&t incorporated so for those who don't know that's the a massive telecommunications company in the united states when i was there i bought a phone and i was on the at&t network they're huge they have 32.2 million shares i'm at a market value of 468 million my gosh and guess what's the second one so Bank of America, 31.3 million shares with a market share of $1 billion. Wow. Oh, and look at this. Extron Mobile. It's a little bit further down the list, but as we're on the subject of energy, they have 18.2 million shares and they have a, that has a market value of $1.9 billion. Wow. As I'm looking through this, some of these numbers are quite freaky so here's one for you jp morgan chase and co they have 13 million shares and 2 billion um they have 2 billion dollars invested so for those who i mean i don't actually really know jp morgan and chase they're a finance um company and they have clients and people they serve all over the world um, yeah, they're a financial service company, and they have $2 million invested in them. You know, I'm just saying, coming back to the power and the control, these guys got it. Um, so there's a whole list on here. Another one as well that's a, another company that owns a million companies, well, not a million, but owns a lot, is Johnson & Johnson. So just to give you an idea, these guys have 11 million, 11.7 million shares at $1.9 billion Um that that's the market value and just to kind of go into it johnson and johnson is also kind of like one of those what would you say overarching companies so they own like they have a whole like they 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 got pharmaceutical they got cons- they got medical devices they do got consumer health they do like all sorts they got skincare products neutrogena avino um 
Evino, they also do um, like Band-Aid. They invest in um, Carefree. Um, they also have investments in... Did I say Neutrogena? I think I, probably, I think I did. But anyway, once again, you can kind of look at this up for yourself. I'm not going to go for all the brands, but, you know, these guys have massive investments in these companies who own, like, another hundred sub-brands under it that are also really popular. So you're probably kind of getting a feeling of, sorry, you're probably getting an idea of, like, just how powerful and strong these guys are, right? Um, to kind of go on a little bit more... Um, I've now got a list of the top 50 Vanguard group um, investments. And these guys, are, once again, this is from the hedgefellow.com website. So at number one, we've got Apple Incorporated. Um, that's shares owned at $1.3 billion. Um, Microsoft Corp is another one at six, $653 million. And then there's Amazon, there's NVIDIA, Tesla, Alphabet Incorporated, which is Google stock, Meta Platform, so Facebook, Instagram. Then you've got Extra Mobile again, Johnson Johnson. I mean, um, it's just these guys own just so much in terms of like companies that own a whole bunch of sub brands or just some of the biggest brands in the world. They have their fingers in all the pies, basically. So that is pretty freaking scary. Moving on. So this is the fun part, and by fun part, I mean depressing part, where we talk about where these investment companies also have a lot of shares in weaponry. So um, Vanguard, um, this is from the weaponfreefunds.org website, which we also looked at for BlackRock, and you can see how much money they've invested into the different kind of, I guess you could say, weapon, weapon manufacturers and contractors and types of weapons, I suppose. So there's three categories that kind of come on the website straight away. And what we can see is it's got military contractors, nuclear weapons, and controversial weapons. So military contractors, so largest international arms manufacturers and military contractors, they have 21 holdings at $25.3 billion invested. Nuclear weapons... So manufacture services of nuclear armaments and delivery systems. They have 14 holdings and have $20.4 billion invested in nuclear weapons. And I always find this category interesting. I talked about this about the BlackRock. It was the controversial weapons. So manufacturers involved with cluster... Um, uh, sorry, what is it? Um, munitations. Cluster munitations? Munitate. Munitions? Ugh. It's one of those moments where I should have paid attention more in English class. Um, landmines, white phosphorus, and depleted uranium. Seven holdings in that, and they have $9.6 billion invested. Pretty scary. They've also got, a, and then kind of in the military weapon companies, they have um, Lockheed, they, uh, Lockheed Martin Corp, General Electric, Boeing Co., Honeywell International, which is interesting because Honeywell don't just do weapons, but... They're a massive weapon company, um, specifically nuclear weapons. And um, uh, Raffian Technologies, they also are a huge um, nuclear weapon development organization. Whew. Fun. Very fun. Uh, what's also interesting is the sustainability report card. 
that comes through for the Vanguard 500, which is also on the weapon, the um, weapon free fund, weapon free funds website. Um, this is data as of the 31st of May 2023, so it's quite recent. Um, excuse me. Um, and as we can see, well, as if you want to read it, which I'll put a link to this in the description, um, they have a D for fossil fuels, C for for deforestation, and then there's all these other ones, which are like social, it's like gender equality, it's A, hooray, isn't that nice, they've got gender equality, civilian firearms, D, <laughs> prison industrial complex, D, military weapons, D, Tobacco, D. So basically, like, they've got a lot of investments in tobacco and e-cigarette. Military weapons, so much investments in the military weapon, in the military industrial complex. Prison industrial complex. And they civilian firearms and manufacturers related to getting giving civilian firearms. But hey, man, they got A in gender equality. <laughs> Never mind just absolutely destroying the environment and pretending that they're so great and so green. Oh, man. Depressing. Humorous, but depressing. Because it's, like, funny just how bad it is. And it just makes you feel, like, so... Oh, it's just like, man, people are just greedy and liars. And it's just moments like this. I just want to shut myself off from the world and be like, I don't know if I can handle it. Maybe I should go to that and live in the forest or something. Yeah. This shit's crazy. Right. So, that was exciting. Um, as we're moving on, I kind of wanted to go into kind of a bit more of their controversial, um, I guess you could say their controversial investments. And one of them is the tobacco industry. So as I was talking about the green greenwashing before and the, and the tobacco sales, um, so many of these, so many of um, Vanguard, so many of Vanguard's investments are actually in the tobacco industry. According to, this is the financial review again, they have 39,960 penalties after the Australian Securities and Investments Commission issued an infringement notice warning that one of its disclosure documents may have been liable to mislead the public. But 39,000 is fucking nothing. <laughs> Let's come on, that's chump change to these guys. What? Eight point something trillion dollar company? Come on. That doesn't mean shit. And they know it. They know it. Um, what else have I got here to kind of go a little bit deeper in? Those were kind of the main ones I want to get, like the weapons, investments, and then the tobacco and the greenwashing. I mean, it's all pretty, pretty interesting stuff just to show you how controversial and how powerful these guys are, you know? Um, makes you think. I think that's kind of all I want to cover with these guys. Um, but once again, like, you know, looking at BlackRock, looking at Vanguard, it's like, wow. The power with these investment corporations, ETF, you know, ETF, um, Vanguard's ETFs, and then, yeah, BlackRock's asset investment. It's just, oh boy. <laughs> you got no power or say or any direction to be able to influence anything, because they own everything. So good luck with that. <laughs> On a lighter note, did anyone catch the UFC? That just happened, 292. Man, that was a fucking good card. 
Um, it's kind of wanted to just kind of go through for a bit of fun, just to finish on a lighter note, because you know, going through all those massive corporate conglomerate investment companies just makes me depressed. Um, what a card! I only caught the last three fights: so Sean Miley, the Whaley fight, and the um, the welterweight bout between Neil Magny and Ian Gary. That was hilarious. Um, that is just like the Conor McGregor fight against um, the first fight against Poirier. Um, yeah, just Neil always on the ground. Gary's like, get up, get up, and then just leg kicks him and smashes him super hard with the strikes. Pretty cool. Seems like a dick, but hey, you got to sell the fight, man. Um, and then, yeah, checking out the Whaley and Amanda Limos fight. I'll be honest, Whaley is amazing, especially just, it almost kind of reminds me of Volkanovski just coming in, just dogfighting, like jumping on top and just beating and beating and beating. It's like, wow, that is a lot. Um, but then, yeah, Amanda Limo survived the whole time and she was incredible in terms of her jiu-jitsu. I haven't seen loads of female fights, but her jiu-jitsu is probably the best I've ever seen. It was way better than Wei Li's. Um, her technical Brazilian jiu-jitsu was so good. I was very impressed. And um, it was a hard fight. Wei Li's so strong. I mean, if you see those like reels, like the, you know, the, the warm-up reel before then, she's just wrestling and fighting guys the whole time, like European guys, and you know, double her weight. I mean, she's so strong. But congrats to Wei Li, though. That was sick. Um, and then the bantamweight title bout with Sean O'Malley and Aljamain Sterling. Oh, that's satisfying, that fight. <laughs> Sean O'Malley, man, I like the guy. He seems like a real cool dude. And I love his marketing because he kind of makes himself seem like an idiot. But he is very smart and he is very clever and he's an incredible fighter. The level of accuracy with this guy, with his strikes, are wild. And if you watch the fight, the first round, it's like watching a chess game. He threw a few different shots. He, um, you know, was kind of calculating his movements and seeing how Sterling would react and just kind of dancing around the ring, seeing how it was going to work. And then, boom, second round, 30 seconds in. Straight right, knockdown, boom, game over. That was amazing. That's one of the best, best fights. I don't know. I love that fight. It was awesome. So congrats to Sean, man. That's sick. Um, and, you know, Sterling was pretty cool at the end, saying, like, yeah, I underestimated that. <laughs> hey, fair, man. It's a very humbling sport, you know. you got to be a certain breed to do UFC fighting. It's, it's fucking brutal, but awesome card, man. Really had a good time watching that. And, um, yeah, I think we've got um, Israel Adesanya coming up on the next one. So excited for that one, too. Sweet, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in for another ramble. Um, hope you kind of got something out of that. I was just, you know, I'm sort of trying these yeah, curious idiot sort of things out. And, um, yeah, I guess just kind of learning with you, I suppose, if you're tuning in. Um, it's really fun. It's, you know, I get to learn stuff as well and it's fun to present it to you guys. I mean, Hey, I'm still learning in this whole podcast slash, you know, whatever this is, <laughs> um, kind of 
world. So I still have a lot, a long way to go with developing my skills. But hey, man, I'm enjoying it, and I hope you guys are too. And that's all that matters. Anyway, thanks so much, and uh, tune you, tune in next time, and we might have a guest. Boo doo doo doo. Bye.